Glenfiddich, the world's most awarded single malt scotch whiskey, is expertly crafted and made with extraordinary care. Each single malt is a work of perfection. And we're back, Stripe Show podcast, on a special Thursday as the uh, Travelers Championship gets underway up in um, TPC River Highlands. Nice field, although we're getting a couple late withdrawals, so we'll have to... uh, to see how that pans out with next week course being the second event on the live series so it feels like we've got another announcement or two with players but we'll see um special podcast here today thursday we like to keep it instruction and of course the man right now that uh everyone's talking about as he makes his media tours here in the united states is the u.s open champion matthew fitzpatrick had a Really good podcast on Monday with Sasha McKenzie, who has helped Matt um, from a speed standpoint with his stack system. If you if you didn't listen to that, you need to go back and check that out. It was it was really, I thought a good one. Sasha was sharing a lot of great insight and information from a speed training standpoint. But the guy that made the call uh, to Sasha is man sitting here today with me, uh, coming from Liverpool, England. He is the longtime head coach mastermind. To Mr. Matthew Fitzpatrick, and that is Mike Walker. How you doing, man? I'm well, thank you. Yeah, uh, thanks for inviting me on. Yeah, no, this is uh, this is cool. First off, congratulations. I know um, this has been a long time coming. I mean, you know, Matthew's 27 years of age, and you've literally been coaching him half his life um, <laughs> from a golf perspective, which I think is is quite cool. You know, I. I I think of Cam Smith, um, who has been with Grant Field in Australia pretty much his whole career. I think of Justin Thomas and his dad uh, pretty much his whole career. I think of John Rahm and his coach back in Spain. You know, there's a lot of these stories um, where these guys have stuck with their coach, you know, from when they were young. So this has to be, as you wake, as you're looking back on this win from the U.S. Open, it has to be quite gratifying to you to see your boy win the u.s open uh yeah i mean uh, to say the least to say the very least i mean um i've i've said a couple of times this week um i think uh any of the other guys that i coach would understand when i say it's probably uh right up there as the the most satisfying victory I, i've ever been lucky enough to have um and i think it's 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 more of a journey that you that you've been on all the way through through the ups and the downs and um and um not not that there's been many downs with him to be honest he's kind of made a, gra- a gradual ascent uh, that's been consistent um but yeah i i was just and especially you, with him his character being so ultra dedicated uh, it, you just you know how much it means to to him um as well so it's it's just really really immensely satisfying yeah yeah and he's had a lot of he's had a lot of success of course as a young junior um coming from england uh eight euro wins i mean i don't think people realize that you know we talk about it a lot with the players here i mean fitzpatrick's had eight wins (laughs) on the european tour and of course the knock on him if you will was well he hasn't won in the united states and and you could see him coming and, and you could see the growth and the improvement that you speak to but then you think well i mean he won the u.s am amateur in 2013 and then of course he goes back to that same course stays with the same family which ironically his last name is fulton we're not related i had a few dms (laughs) come over to me um 
And then, you know, he wins, of course, the 2022 U.S. Open. So, you know, quite the journey with with a lot of winning in there. And I'm sure a monkey off his back to get not only the major, but to win here um, in the United States. Give us a little insight about Matthew the person as he's grown here into this young man. To me, he seems very dedicated and right now, in many ways, like his golf is his life. Is that accurate? Uh, totally accurate. Yeah, he, he's never he, he's never really been anything other than uh, dedicated uh, to to his craft. Um, he, he comes from uh, good stock, as we would say in the UK. Good. His parents are, are great people, um, and they they've instilled a lot of like great values in him. Um, and he's always been like that. He's never, he's he's never really partied the, the way uh, we all can be tempted to at kind of those pivotal <laughs> ages. And um, and um, he's always been like super dedicated. It, it is kind of how you imagine him. I, I think it is the reality of it. Um, mm-hmm. So much so, uh, I, I think me and the rest of his t- team at times have more often tried to encourage him like in, into other areas of interest and. Um, to try and just take the heat off his golf, it becomes a little bit asphy- asphyxiating at times. I would say because mm-hmm. it, it's literally all he does, and it, I, I'm a, I'm a hypocrite because I, I've been like that in, in times in my working career. Um, but um, but yeah, he's just the ultimate professional. Um, more so than I mean, I've worked with quite a lot of um, European tour or DP World Tour players, and. Um, and some PGA Tour players, and I've I've never come across anybody as dedicated as him. Yeah, his friend um, Daniel Rappaport, who's a, comes on the podcast once a month uh, with Golf Digest, he's very good friends with the family. And, That's right. Um, I know Dan. Yeah. Yeah, and he he told the story that I believe it was about four months ago. His Matthew's good friend was going to have a bachelor party, and his buddies were going to come down. And Matt's like, "Hey, you can stay at my house, but I'm not going to." partake in the shenanigans. Oh, you know, I'll have dinner and this and that, but I'm not going to go partake. And sure enough, he, he didn't do anything. The guy stayed at the house, you know, they were up till 2am. And I mean, that's the kind of discipline that yeah. Matt has. Now, look, he's got to go buy a nice car, right? He's got to go, you know, tell Matthew, look, go buy yourself a Ferrari or something. Um, I, he's, uh, he's already done that uh, oh, before, good. before this, which was very <laughs> out of character, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, when he first came out on tour, he was renowned for a bust up old Ford Mondeo, uh, that he, <laughs> he still was driving to tournaments. So that was out of character in itself. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what he'll spend his money on. I don't know. He should treat himself on something. PXG has done it again with the launch of a new lineup of drivers, fairways, hybrids, and irons, the new. Gen 5 golf clubs deliver significantly increased MOI, faster ball speeds, longer distances, and tighter dispersions, all coupled with the exceptional feel and sound golfers have come to expect from PXG. Schedule your custom fitting or buy online at pxg.com. Now, all this state, all this, you know, all this fame now in the United States, you know, he's going to have some people following him and some ladies and, you know, and this and that. So we'll, we'll have to see how it kind of pans out here for Mr. Fitzpatrick because he's, he's probably the most singular bachelor in the world right now. Right. I mean, he's, 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 he's the man right now. And there's a lot of people that want his digits. Yeah, I would imagine. So I can't <laughs> teach him anything about that. That's for sure. 
<laughs> Let's talk about his game. Um, I had Sasha on and you know, it's funny, you know, speed is, is King right now. And when I was young and got in playing and then into the teaching business 22 years ago, it was like fairways and greens, right? Like let's control the face. Let's, you know, I was telling Sasha, like, you know, let's keep it three quarters and let's hit the green, you know, and keep it in front of us. Never in my youth was I really encouraged to, or thought about, I'm going to wind this thing up and see how hard I can hit it. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. let alone speed training. And that's what we hear now, right? And his system, the stack system, um, I've known about it a while when he, him and Chris Como put it out there. They, they, I got one and was using it and you have used it with some players and it's, it's very effective. You made the call to Sasha, right? To, to take a look at Matthew and address his speed for more distance. Talk about how that whole thing transpired and then now how is, how it's evolved into what really is 12 to 15 more yards for, for Matt. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm kind of with you. Uh, I, I, I grew up in a in a period where it, it came with like um, d- danger associated to it, associated with it, and um, it, it, I, I kind of was brought up. I guess we're similar ages, or I, I was brought up in the same um, with the same mentality. But uh, for me personally, it was. Um, I remember walking around originally at Erin Hills. This was I was thinking like this, and when. Uh, the the US Open, but then at Augusta, I think it must have been 2020 or something. He he played with Brooks and uh, Justin Thomas, and I I was at the side of the 11th hole, and he hit an unbelievable seven wood in into the 11th, um, and he had like 20 feet, and but the other two guys were like flicking whatever they had the seven irons, and I. I I remember walking off there and he didn't play great that week either, but um, I just thought from a coaching standpoint, it doesn't matter how much or how straight I can get him to it. It's seven wood. It, it's kind of it got my hands tied or our hands tied behind our backs, really. So anyway, um, that that was, I, I knew Sasho through uh, other people in the industry, uh, other, other peers who are kind of friends of mine, Mark Blackburn, Kev Duffy, um, uh, etc. And and I and then it was on, on their kind of recommend and Chris Como, uh, yep. like you say. And um, it, it I did a bit of kind of research on Sasho, and um, we kind of reached out to him and um, asked uh, him to see us for for a day and um, and see how we get on. Um, and it, it was. I had the same reservations. Like I, I was conscious, you you have this like massive responsibility mm-hmm. as a coach for someone, and um, you obviously don't want to want to mess anything up. Um, but we we did that, and then so we met up with him, and um, I think it, like the the speed training that he's done with Sasho is rightly uh, getting a lot of um, attention. Um, but it, it, from my point of view, and from like Matt's Matt's tra- physical trainer Matt Matt Roberts, um, it wasn't it, it wasn't all plain sailing throughout the process. Um, mm-hmm. And um, when he first started doing it, he 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 started stumbling across um, some neck injuries at times through doing mm-hmm. it. 
So his trainer, Matt Roberts, was like working on him with physio-wise. And don't get me wrong, I think he was a bit sensitive to, like golfers, I would say, as a race, are more, uh, quite sensitive to training, more so than uh, more athletic sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and, and when you look at Matt, I mean, only last week, you, they were showing lots of like parallel photos of, from the US amateur. And you, you don't realize, I mean, he, he, he looks not that big now, but he was tiny then. And um, so... Yeah, he looks bigger to me. He, he does. Yeah, he, for sure. He is uh, yeah. uh, substantially bigger. And I think mm-hmm. that the training that he's done over kind of however long, five years or whatever it is with, with Matt, give him a, a, a robustness uh, to be a, to, to achieve the potential that he has um, mm-hmm. whilst like doing the speed training all the time. And then from my end, um, there was also... It's certainly at the start, I, I got the impression that Sasha was, um, you could have done it in different ways. So if, if Matt turned around and said like, all right, I want to be a world long drive champion, um, then you could have explored avenues. And I, and I sense that there was a, um, that Sasha was keen to at least explore changing his pattern somewhat. Um, is it, um, to, to achieve the, the the gains that he wanted, but I was slightly reserved about it, and I wasn't. I really wasn't convinced that Matt, by doing the things that he needed to do to it to achieve his absolute max speed, I, I don't. I'm not convinced you would have yeah. uh, heard of heard of him again. So, right. um, we we basically embarked on a path where he retained his existing kind of golfing swing dna and then uh basically over speed under speed training and then that then complements like a pretty rigorous gym program and then physio if the net did flare up at at, at any time and which it did and, mm. and matt kind of put the brakes on it at, at different points uh throughout um and from my end it it definitely came with its uh troubles sometimes because it started he originally started doing it and he got he got uh, the instruction from Sasha like it's not a golf club it's just you swing in something and implement as fast as you can possibly swing it um so forget hitting fairways and but it's i started seeing it kind of come through on camera and and things that he he was doing like particularly with driver that were weren't necessarily ideal so it did have its stumbling blocks but yeah. obviously the, the the benefits of it are the, are the there for everyone to see and it and it i always like i said at the start i i always felt that if if i could just or if matt could get even 10 yards more and the statistics guys were all saying the same thing that and, and he retained his accuracy um yep. then you could get him into a ballpark where he can he can compete with all these because they're all so good aren't they and um yeah. and, a, and a lot of his kind of peers within the top 20 in the world they're big guys. Genetically, yep. they've been given more than Matt, Matt had in that sense. So, um, so yeah, that's a, a, a resume of it, really. Yeah, and I think what's interesting here is for the audiences, as you know, Mike speaks to this, and you know, my coaching pedigree, and and talking with other coaches who have been down this path, like Chris Como. I remember when he first started down this path with Bryce, and I had him on, and we were talking through it, and you can hear the concern of okay, yeah, let's go down this path, but we have to got to leave some, to use his words, breadcrumbs along the way to make yeah. sure we can find our way back and be willing to pump the brakes a little when a neck or something starts to occur. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because it is a sensitive thing. Um, <clears throat> it doesn't always work. I mean, 
I think you could argue with Jordan Spieth. It didn't work. Now he's come back out and he's longer, but he really sacrificed probably two and a half, three years of his career, you know, from going down that path, neglecting other parts of his game, lost his putter. Like you become more susceptible to other parts of your game, right? All of a sudden I'm not putting as much. I'm not hitting my irons as much because I'm speed training and I'm doing all this and I get consumed in that. So you have to, um, it's a sensitive thing. And one of the things that it appeared to me and correct me if I'm wrong. And I did a video on this. I want to bring in Matt swing here. This is of course his driver swing. And, um, is it fair to say that as he started training and Sasha was talking about, as he started recruiting more speed that all of a sudden, you know, he started getting a deeper hip turn, uh, the the club got longer at the top. It looked like his right elbow kind of got away, but it also appeared to be Mike, the club got a little more inside and then the shaft got a little bit more down the line versus an older Matt video would show the club head a little more out in front of him initially. And then the shaft perhaps a bit more laid off at the top. Is it fair to say this first move, like the club head started getting a bit more in and then the shaft longer and more down the line at the top? Uh, yes and no. Um, I, I, I would say, um, well, I, I saw those videos. I think there, there was quite a bit of influence of like where the camera was pointing, but the, right. you are right in what you're seeing. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I was actually, it's hard to say definitively which one was kind of more uh, predominant in that situation. Cause I was working on similar things in Matt's irons play, iron play at the time. Um, I, I kind of have a j- jokes with Matt all the time that mm-hmm. he lives in a in a two dimensional world. So he's he's always trying to um, keep the club in front in front of him in the, in the wrong way, uh, so to speak. But so yeah, so that 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 video that you've got up there right now is more things that I've been trying to do to improve his iron play because his approach play was statistically not not where we wanted it to be the previous year and and certainly the amount of um left wrist extension and um radial deviation in his left wrist has has massively influenced those positions as well now in the same way um he feels he feels that that is more of an iron swing he almost feels like he's got two different swings his driver was performing really well last last year and he he just kind of almost kept that in the same, but as Sasho said in his podcast, that things organically kind of drift mm-hmm. uh, and and they're all affecting each other simultaneously all the time. But, um, but certainly the, the fact that it looks like less laid, laid off at the top, um, I, w- I would attribute that as much as anything to the change in his kind of left, with things that we've done in his left wrist. But then there's no doubt that it, it definitely started having more uh, depth in the movement as a, as a consequence of using that stack system. And I, th- I, right. I think he got a lot more like stretch shortening in his, in his left shoulder as well um, mm. on the back of it. Yeah. So this, this he, shaft he was, is... sorry. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was, um, I was just going to say that this, yes. uh, this club shaft here that we have in the ground here, this alignment stick that's coming up on an angle that, that is to keep the club head a little more out in front of him in the initial phases. Is that what you're doing here? And then this, this radial deviation, the left wrist or cupping for the audience. Let's see if I yeah. can get, get it in the video there. There we go. Right. So there we go. Yeah. Left wrist. So that is more at the top. Right. And that goes, that goes comfortably with his strong grip 
Mike? Because I get a lot of questions about that with his his grip. His grip is quite strong as well. Yeah, I mean, that, that's something um, I, I've never touched. Um, I've just worked with that. And, and um, as a general rule, uh, I, I would try and match wrist movements to grips rather than mm-hmm. change grips. Other people might, might be different to me, but um, that's something that's like unique to him that... Um, well, not totally unique to him, but he's quite unique um, in how strong it is. But um, he's always been that way. And um, I, I've always just tried to match match the grip to it, um, uh, the wrist movement to it, should I say. And uh, But where I felt where he was struggling was he would get a lot of... Um, he struggled to, to control his radius. So this is more for his iron play, his, his radius um, in terms of like striking at the bottom and the top of the face all the time. Um, and he he always wanted to kind of extend that left wrist all the time because he never wanted it to go left. And I, I kind of battled with him a bit too. Uh, I, 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 did, I didn't feel that that was the issue and that was the reason that happened. And um, uh, eventually he kind of really bought into using much less uh, radial and extension in that left wrist. And it, and it immediately... Um, Helped him control his strike a lot better, and um, he, he he would because he, he he was grown he grew up in a a golf course in the UK that's on the top of a hill. It's always windy. He's, he was always like brought up trapping the ball. I mean, when he was a kid at fifteen, he was hitting like six to eight down on the, on his driver. I mean, he was bullet straight. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but in his formative years, could be the the nature of the kind of environment that he kind of was was brought up in he, he hit significantly down on the driver i mean he gained a lot of speed purely over the years it's gradually shallowed out and and that had a massive influence on on his distance um yeah you can see it with his like his pivot right like is this kind of part of maybe growing up in england that he you know the sternum would be kind of on top of the ball right and he's not he, he's not moving off the ball per se right he's not a lot of sound, uh, well, right? Yeah, you would think so, uh, but it's actually that's actually not the case uh, in with, with regards to his pivot. So his his pivot is something that uh, we've actually tried to keep more centered, um, okay. and cer- certainly to feel. So th- that is where, say, with Sasho, for example, from a theoretical standpoint, um, you you could I- increase. I mean, this is very technical, but you you could increase like the moment arm that he has in the frontal plane uh, by him moving off the ball and, and and dumb that down, have more lateral movement in that. Um, but whenever Matt moves off the ball uh, too much, he can't. He doesn't get back. He he mm-hmm. actually goes further off it in his transition. So he's actually been feeling more pressure under his left foot, um, which is. It, again, according, theoretically speaking, would be robbing him of distance. Uh, yeah. And it's like we said at the start, it's always spinning plates. You're trying to trade off uh, distance, yeah. but obviously you want to hit fairways too. It, it's I think the whole industry's got better. The people like Sasho and and um, trainers like Matt Roberts that Matt, Matt uses, and and other trainers and my my other peers within the teaching industry. We're all, I say our knowledge is all getting better, and it's getting us more yeah. and more armed to be able to do things like this. Because um, it always, uh, like like we said at the start, it, it was always a bit a bit of a no no years ago, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Um, so even the, even so, like historically. 
um, Matthew would kind of move off the ball too much and you've been trying to keep him more centered. Is that, am I hearing you right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then even with his driver, like, is he even like through this speed training, he's feeling still pretty centered. Um, he's not moving off to it. Like what's his attack angle right now after the speed training, is he still hitting down one or is it, is it leveled out? that that would that would already leveled out. He, he would uh, before he even did that. He would be obviously it varies some, but um, he he would typically be zero to two up on it. Okay. Um, now, yep. um, well, that's significant, right? From but yeah, it is something that I've been. <laughs> that's significant. Yeah, I mean, well, I've got in hindsight, I should have uh, sent you a video from years ago. Uh, 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 World Golf Championships, where he's he was one where he did he he got moving off it too much, and then as he's coming down, he basically sh- shoved his belt the pelvis back towards the ball, but his his upper uh, center of gravity went even further back, and then his left foot comes way off the floor, and it he he just hit snap hook. So um, I, I've we've been working for a few years now of of getting more pelvis and depth in his backswing, and then okay. certainly. As in transition, getting more and more uh, pressure into that left foot um, as he's coming down, basically. Yeah, that deeper, the, the depth is kind of what I was in the, in the video, I think is apparent, right? Through the speed training with, with him um, and kind of it working deeper and... Well, and- yeah, that's something that we were we were already working on. I, I would yeah. say it, it may be... Uh, maybe got more pronounced when when he um did the uh, speed training but I, that's something that was already um i would say there prior to him or certainly on the way there prior to him doing that haymaker coffee company was established in 2021 to create the best coffee to fuel the underdogs who perseveres who hustles and have the give it all mentality to achieve their american dream haymaker coffee only roast top quality Specialty grade coffee beans resulting in brews that satisfies those who demand every drop from their coffee and day. If you work hard, run hard, fight hard, and play hard, we have your coffee right here. So the checkpoints right now is, I mean, he's in a great spot. And then I want to go to this chipping motion with you, which I think was kind of really blowing people's minds. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know, like he hits these cross-handed, uh, chips and he's he's just a brilliant chipper of the ball um so we'll get to that here in a second but right now if you had to if your checkpoints when you guys are exchanging texts or video because matthew's in a just a wonderful spot right now i mean he just seems to be things have come together right you've managed it beautifully and i think what's really cool here is people listen to this is it, it it's not a pill <laughs> like you just like you don't take a pill and all of a sudden oh I'm longer and straighter. Like I got it. Like there's this, there's this process that you work through. And part of that process is the struggle and, 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 and things kind of get off track and you're the, you're the, you know, you're the, what the, the, the president and the master, you know, the, the uh, manager of all this. Right. And you're making sure that, yeah, we need a little more of um, Matt here, Roberts to step in and kind of fix the neck and maybe a little less of what we're doing speed training. And then, you know what, I need to get the club a little more here. And so I think it's, it's really cool to hear that as you go through this with the player, that there's, there's moments that you have to pull back. 
got to manage the situation. It's not a pill. And all of a sudden I'm 15 yards longer and oh yeah, I'm, I'm straight too. And I'm, oh yeah. And I'm confident. Um, mm. there's, there's this journey and there's discovery. I would assume with the player where the player has to then kind of own it. And all of a sudden the lights come on and it's like, yeah, I've got it. I'm yes, I'm longer, but I, I feel confident and I'm very um, tuned in to the sensitivity of what I'm doing. Right. And it's not a guess. I know I can repeat this over and over again and take it to the course. Right. Cause that's what Matthew's got to take it to the course. He's got to be able to be comfortable and take the speed and play golf and take it to the course. And it just seems like in the last two months, all of this has come on. So the checklist right now is what, what, what would you say when you're watching him hit balls? It's, I got to make sure it's, you know, there's a and B or is there a C what is that checklist in place where he's hitting now on all cylinders? Um, from, from, you mean the whole, the whole thing or you mean yeah, just just as the manager of the whole thing, you're just like, man, I kind of, if we're, if we're, if we're good here, then we're, or is it still kind of this whole puzzle that you're still kind of having to keep your hands on all of it? Um, no, I, I think obviously, uh, maybe I would be seen as, um, overseeing it to some, to some extent, but the reality is it's one of the best teams I've ever worked in. It, it will, I'm not saying it's perfect, but we, there's a great team of people behind Matt that all, uh, broadly speaking, uh, get on re- really, really well. Obviously you're working kind of with, with each other and, and you might have some disagreements at times, but I, I mean, I've been doing this job for 15 years and I've never worked in a better team. So you've got, and what in coming back to your question, it's quite professional as well. So we we, we have regular uh, lines of communication, uh, sit down meetings, and it, and it all all gets discussed so that everybody is broadly speaking on the same page. And then I, I don't I don't know what you think, uh, Travis, but I, I mean I, I've been teaching on tour for about fifteen years, and I, I feel like uh, you even in that relatively short time period my, my job is different now to when I started it I feel like you've got to have a decent working knowledge of psychology um, anatomy biomechanics um, training you know all, all these things to to not that I'm an expert in, a, in any of those areas but I, I like to think I have a, a relatively good like working knowledge because you've been because teams have got bigger and you you're coming across experts like Sasho, like Matt Roberts, like he's got a performance director, Steve Robinson. He's got um, somebody that helps him psychologically. He's got Eduardo Molinari, which statistically. So it makes it much easier, uh, miles easier to, to be able to kind of oversee that and when to kind of act, pull things in, push things out, whatever yep. that, that case may be. And, I always use the same analogy. It's like spinning plates. You're just kind of trying to make them all spin. And if one starts wobbling a bit, then you'd spin that one a bit harder. And <laughs> it's, um, but it is a great team. It really is a great team. And I, I don't think I mentioned Billy, then uh, the caddy. And, I mean, Foster, yeah. And uh, he, he's been huge for Matt as well. Yeah, that was cool. You know, he gets his major championship oh, win. And Phil Kenyon. Sorry, I forgot Phil. Yeah. Phil cool. would yeah. crucify me for not mentioning. My goodness, Fitzpatrick has a big team. Jeez. Yeah. There's no room for a girl or anything. I mean, he's got all the beds are taken. <laughs> <right up. laughs> 
I'm not commenting on his love life. Uh, <laughs> um, well, well, you know, you sound like um, you sound like Jamie Mulligan, you know, who uh, is the coach oh, really? to Cantley and Luke. Glitt. I mean, like that's how Jamie. Yeah, like, Jamie, yet. Him and I have had this conversation a couple times and, and like just how things have changed. Like, yeah, before, you know, you're kind of this technique now. I mean, Jamie's like the you're running the business, you know, he's like, I'm running. Cantley's got kind of the same thing going on with coaches. And yeah. so he's, yeah, he's got his, his, his um, area of expertise, but he's yeah. got knowledge in all of it too, and can help steer the ship and spin the plate. So that's, it's, that's well said on how coaching has changed from it's really from an instructor to an overall coach. All right, let's finish up with this video right here. Check this out. I'm going to bring this in. So I posted this and the idea was, I was like, try to watch this video just once, you know, I mean, it's impossible, right? It's like one of those videos you look at and you're like, <laughs> hey, what the hell did I just watch there? Is he's left hand lower than his right? Um, yeah. It's funny. I, when I played college golf, I played with a guy by the name of Craig Welty and his dad, ironically was a huge in our industry, Carl Welty, um, in the United States, in the Seattle area, yeah. big influence on Jim McLean and others. And I played with his son in college and this is how he hit every shot. It just, when I first played with him, I was like, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen anything like it. And he'd really freak me out around the greens. Like he'd get in yeah. the bunker and hit a cross-handed bunker shot. I, I mean, I couldn't even watch it. It just didn't even look right. But now, yeah. like you see this a little bit more now. Like this is something that is showing up more and more. Give us the background of this left-hand low chipping motion. Well, I think you're right. I think it freaks everybody out because <laughs> everybody associates it with like migrating a task away from a a, a, a yippy action, um, and that wasn't the case with Matt. Um, so I, I don't know how much you know about my background. I, I originally uh, was coached by Pete Cowan and then worked uh, worked and still work with him. And um, this would be kind of a trademark Pete Cowan chipping drill. So that was how it originated, um, Matt doing um, drill a drill. But um, it was one of those situations where it, it would come out, especially when he did it in, in long grass, in the rough. And that, that's what the Brits always struggle with when they go to like, overseas and they're faced with different grasses to what we get here. Um, they struggle in that to get the consistency. I mean, everybody struggles, right? But um, it, he found it much easier with cack-handed. Anyway, so... He started using it in the rough. And then last year, the, look, I think I said earlier, the two weaknesses statistically were his approach play uh, or relative weaknesses were his approach play and his, and his chipping. But nobody would ever class him as a, ba as a bad chipper. So mm -hmm. I went out to the Bears Club at the first week of uh, January this year and I prepared on the flight. I had this, I'd been comparing his regular action with his cack-handed action and I'd come up with a big list of like slight differences that I saw, which is what, what made it more successful. So I kind of present this to Matt um, and he turned around to me and said, well, yeah, but I don't have to think about it the other way. And I, I was like, well, what do I say to that? There's no answer to that. So then in typical Matt style, he then uh, in collaboration with his performance coach, Steve, he, he um, collected a load of data. He tested them one against the other 
um, over a month because he had a month off, and um, and one was like, however, made one point seven six feet closer on average, and so he said, I think I'm going to put it in. Well, why would I not? Um, it's statistically, it's better. So everybody kind of gasps at that point, but then. Uh, like I said, he, he it wasn't like he was uh, getting the yips on his chipping. He, he, yeah. But everybody perceived it that way. He's just had, well, conversely, he had the strength of character to put it in. Because um, you're setting yourself up for a fall, aren't you, really? And then, mm-hmm. so it's great that it, And look, I was actually at the side of the green on 12 on the Thursday when he chipped in, and that, that was uh, some mm-hmm. chippy at there. That was fantastic. Yeah, and Matt, Matt seems to me like he's, you're not just going to tell him, hey, I think we should do this. I mean, you're going to have to, you're going to have to prove it. I mean, he seems like you're going to, it's going to have to be proven. And he seems quite stubborn to me as well. Is that like, there's a, there's a stubbornness there to really all these players, right? Like they all have that competitive, deep competitive drive, but then they're kind of stubborn, yeah. right? And, and, like, it's not just, Hey, take this. We're going to do this and try it. And all of a sudden put in play. No, no, I'm going to test it. I'm going to, you know, like it's going to have to work its way in, but when it's proven and it makes sense and it's like, yeah, okay, I can put that in play. Then off it goes. Is that, is there a little stubbornness to Matt too? Like most of these players? Yeah. And I mean, he's 27 now. He's got, his he's got his own mind yeah. and, and, and only he, I know what you're saying. Um, some more stubborn than others. Matt's, um, Matt kind of has a, a an independent mind, uh, you know, an a- adult mind now, and he, he's he's his own man. He feels what he feels, and he and he's had a lot of success even before that, that last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and yeah, he's data driven, so it takes the emotion out of certain things um, a lot of the time. So he, he he's driven by what's on paper in front of him, and um, and that's how he's filled plugged so many gaps. Um, over the years um using that and um yeah fair play to him mate. i think it's the it's the old saying in it? it's only crazy until it works <laughs> yeah so last question what's what's next now as you as you look ahead i mean he's he's climbed the mountain per se right i mean like sometimes you hear with these these athletes like the grind they get they're so they love the grind they love the process right of getting better and and listening to experts and just the whole process is fun and it's addicting. Um, and then all of a sudden it's like, I just won the U S open. Holy shit. You know, like I'm on top, I'm on, I'm on top of the world right now. Like I've just won one of the biggest tournaments in the world, major championship. My name is next to tiger and Jack and all these guys on this trophy. Is there any, is there any fear that I've climbed the mountain and, time to let off the break a little bit or is it nope we're just getting not with him yeah no no not with him he he loved he loves winning um basically so that like wish me luck because uh that's all he's going to be satisfied with yeah. now but but no i i think um knowing matt I, I no i think he'll enjoy it for a limited time period and then it'll be just straight straight back to it and and the the only thing i mean i think you could see it in his face he was, it was like christmas day uh, and it, i think it from what i the contact i've had with him since it's like christmas morning every morning since and it's it's almost like a drug that that feeling um of elation and you know it once it dies down it'll take longer than uh, normal i would say to die down but once it dies down i think he'll just be craving it again and 
Uh, I think, um, I mean, Henrik, Henrik uh, Stenson sent me a message congratulating me afterwards and he he said, now the challenge begins. And I thought that what stuck with me for some reason. I, I think he might be t- tarring him with his own brush there. But um, but yeah, I, I think Matt will uh, definitely just carry on, carry on, carry on. He's... Um, He's, he, he seems to have uh, created a new goal of six majors uh, since oh. I last saw him. So uh, I think somebody must have asked him about Nick Faldo's record and he's de- designed that as a new goal. So, Well, he's done a great job of them. I mean, he, you could see the steady improvement even before the win of the U.S. Open. I mean, the statistics were there. I mean, see the length coming. Um, I think his short game has gotten better. Like, strokes gain total this year, for the most part, he's been the best. I mean, I know Scheffler's won four times um yeah i think i think rory just went in front of him uh when he, he won i think but, yeah, he, but like like you say to that point i think he was first which is uh incredible yeah yeah, yeah i mean that's just incredible if he just speaks to the it just speaks to all these layers you've been talking about with these teams and and phil kenyon and putting and um the job that you're doing and managing the speed with sasho and uh, matt roberts and his his role and who was the performance coach you mentioned uh uh he, he's uh steve robinson um steve robinson, works yeah. with the english golf union um back at home and he works with the co- and he he seems to he's a coach as well but i think yeah. he, he he seems to have through his work with the uh, governing bodies in the uk he's got uh, a good uh grasp of kind of performance coaching um, yeah. uh practice plans and things so and then there's eduardo molinari as well eduardo, yeah, statistics. Uh, and i think other um, then there's billy and then i think that's it i think <laughs> Our apologies to whoever it is i've left out if there is somebody else <laughs> um well i think um you know in conclusion here like you have to celebrate guys right now like matt and scotty shuffler and rory and jt and rom and because, you know, we've, we've re- unfortunately, I think we've reached a time in professional golf where, like, this live is taking a little bit of the spirit out of it, the competitive nature out of it, right? Where you have guys who maybe later in their career um, are wanting to maximize payment. And you can't, you can't fault them for that. But the attitude of, I think, being paid for what I felt like I was worth before and what I'm worth now takes away from that pure competitive spirit of being the very best I can be. And I think with the PGA tour, that spirit, Matthew encompasses it is that grind of competing, wanting to win and money is important, but it's like four or five down the list. You know, it's not, it's not number one. And hopefully that stays intact here over these next year, couple of years, you know, with the landscape of professional golf. So Mike, I appreciate your time. Um, Congratulations. And let's, I'd love to, let's do this again as Matthew rolls off his next five major championships. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. No, no thanks for having me on.